Thanks for joining us for this special prophetic update from Kent Christmas Ministries International. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted by this powerful and anointed message. And now, here's Pastor Kent Christmas. Well, welcome tonight. Uh, thank you for taking time to join us. Uh, I trust that many of you were able to join us online or even come physically and attend the Fresh Fire Conference. Uh, marvelous week. Boy, God exceeded our expectations and really touched us. So um, I want <clears throat> to talk to you about something. I, I trust that when I get done this evening that you'll have some understanding in your heart because I think that there is a paradigm in the church that if you're not <clears throat> prospering financially and uh, you're not successful, then the favor of God is not on you. And then we have a tendency to look at people who prosper uh, in the natural realm and we think, well, they must be the ones that God really loves and they have the favor of the Lord on them. And so I want to delve into that a little bit and maybe change the way that you're thinking. Um, favor, this is what I really believe, favor has to do with purpose. And blessing has more to do with prosperity. And you can't confuse the two, because when you confuse the two, then you'll get discouraged. And I want to take my text tonight from the book of Luke, uh, in chapter 1, and in verse 26, it says, in, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Uh, I want you to know how specific this is. This is not happenstance. God picks the right angel, sends him himself to a particular uh, place, to a particular city, verse 27, to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, or I guess in our language it would be hello. Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And uh, when we read that we think, my, that's an, that's an amazing thing. But I, I want you to just go with me to the next chapter, uh, chapter 2. And... Uh, verse 35 or th uh, 34 even. Um, this is where Simeon has been waiting in the temple because he knows that God has spoke to him that he will not die until he sees uh, Jesus, sees the salvation of Israel. And there's no telling how many babies that Simeon took in his arms over that long period of time until the day this young lady walks in and her young husband and takes the baby out of her arms and sets him in the hands of Simeon. And oh, when he did, he realized at that moment, I am holding God in my hands. And the spirit of prophecy comes on Simeon, and he looks at Mary. In verse 34 of chapter 2 in Luke, he said, And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set. He's prophesying now about Jesus. Except for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, 
and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then he adds this. He looks at this young lady. Remember who the angel says, you're highly favored. And he said, Mary, he said, a sword is going to pierce your own soul so that the thoughts of many, many people may be revealed. And so, um, I know that many times um, we, we, I think, confuse uh, favor with natural things. I, I don't think having favor from God has anything to do with the natural. And here Mary is a young lady, and the angel comes in and looks at her. He says, Mary, he says, you've got high favor on you. He said, God has sent me from heaven to tell you that there is great favor on your life. And you know, many times we get a prophetic word with somebody would tell us, listen, God said to tell you that you're highly favored. There's favor on your life. You're thinking in terms of, man, God's fixing to open up doors and my dreams are going to be fulfilled and we're going to get a home. We're going to get out of debt. I'm going to get the car I want. Um, we're thinking about things that make us happy. But first of all, I want you to remember this. Favor from God has to do about advancing God's purpose and not your plans. And there are a lot of people today that are seeking blessing instead of the presence of the Lord. And God chose Mary, and I believe the reason the Lord chose Mary and said you have high favor on you is because of her extraordinary faith. Remember just not to, uh, in, in the same setting, the Bible says that the Lord comes to Zechariah and he says, listen, he said, Zechariah, God loves you. He said, he's heard your prayers. And he begins to tell Zechariah about another son that's coming out of a, a womb that's been barren. And Zacharias looks at him and he says, I don't know how these things can be. What the problem was, he didn't have any faith. And so the angel shut his mouth. He didn't want him speaking death over what God was releasing, and there had to be that forerunner. So Zechariah didn't have the faith, and he became mute. Mary asked the question too. She said, how can these things be? You would think, well, she asked the same thing Zechariah did. No, she, but she didn't ask it in unbelief. She was just amazed at what God was doing, and she was saying, I believe it's going to happen, but how can these things be? And so now we have a woman who has high favor on her life, and yet God says that, uh, you know, the, the legitimacy of this baby might be questioned. Uh, she was pregnant before she got married. He said, your baby's going to be born in a barn. And he said, you're going to have to run all over the country to protect it. And then he said, Mary, he said, because you're highly favored, he said, there's going to be a sword that has to pierce your soul. In other words, God was saying this. He says, Mary, people that get to suffer for me are favored by God. You will never, ever advance the purpose of God now, you can advance your own purpose without suffering, but you can't advance the purpose of God without suffering. And I think that the people 
who go through some of the most difficult things in life trying to advance the kingdom of the Lord have the greatest favor and one of the things you know the emails that I get from some of you are just they break my heart I, I think of all the things you go through I, I hear families a mother that you know is 32 and dying of cancer and has two small children or a wife who's just lost her husband and and then loses a brother and parents and perhaps even another child within a year span the suffering that's in this world is incredible but I want you to always remember this we don't have too much time longer on the earth and God's coming back and it'll all be over anyway sometimes we get uh, distracted by feeling like I have to make this big mark in the world and I have to have this tremendous impact uh, for me in life where I want to have the financial things and yet uh, and it doesn't come and the enemy can trip you up but whether God comes through for you or not eternally none of this matters it doesn't matter and the moment you cross over to the presence of the Lord you'll never shed another tear you will have no memory of the things that you went through the pain the suffering and so there is a principle here that the people who are most favored by God have to go through difficult times because they're advancing the purpose of the Lord. And, and you know this, as I'm talking to you, you can think of many perhaps in your mind that how many times have you seen somebody who's blessed in the natural, but they're not very spiritual. And we look at them and think, wow, they got the big house, they got a great business, they go on trips and they go on cruises, they got four or five vehicles, they're not in debt. But generally those kind of people, not all, there are some precious people who, who, have, who have wealth and they use it for the kingdom of God. But generally, even Jesus said this, he said it's very difficult for rich men to enter into the kingdom of God. He wasn't talking about heaven, he was talking about entering into the purpose of the Lord. I want to give you uh, some more examples here. Um, we look at Stephen in the scriptures, and um, when, you would, when you think of, of Stephen, um, we don't think of one of the 12 disciples because he wasn't one. In fact, the scripture says that um, the disciples were so busy um, that they appointed men to wait on tables so the disciples could devote themselves to ministry. You know, they're the ones that everybody sees. And the scripture says this of Stephen, it says he was full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And God begins to use him in a mighty way. People that have faith, uh, faith, I know this, really it matures through difficulties. It's when you get put in impossible situations uh, through long periods of time, and yet you hold on to the word of the God and you believe it's going to come to pass. And when we read about Stephen, uh, his ending, when we read about it, he's actually, I think, the first martyr uh, in the scriptures and he's preaching there in Acts and uh, the word of the Lord that came out of him was so convicted and so anointed that it infuriated those that listened and they picked up stones and they begin to throw them at Stephen and here's this man that loves God and uh, you know the Bible says that that Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father 
I'm going to show you something here in the scriptures. The scripture says this, that as Stephen was being stoned because of preaching the word of God, that instead of losing his faith and saying, God, I've been doing your work and you're going to let me be stoned and the, and the rocks are hitting him in the face and breaking bones and he begins to bleed and he lifts up his eyes to the Lord and he begins to worship. And at that moment, Jesus, sitting on the right hand of the Father, stood up. Listen, this man had faith that made God stand up. The Bible says that Jesus stood up because the heavens opened. And Stephen said, I see Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. Now, that's favor. And you think, well, you know, none of us want to go that way. We think, well, Stephen, you know, he died. He was martyred. Uh, what impact did he have? What, what was fruitful about him doing that? I'll tell you what it was. Scripture says that there was, in the outskirts of that event, there was a young man named Saul. And he watched. He held the coats. He never threw the stones, but he held the coats of those that did. He was complicit in the action of stoning. And yet, for the first time, this man watched a man die with faith and glory. In fact, the Bible says Stephen's face shone with the glory of the Lord. I think that that was what changed Saul of Tarsus. I, don't, I think he was haunted by what he saw that day. It prepared him, even though he was on the way to Damascus for letters of permission to uh, martyr the Christians, the moment that Jesus met him on that road to Damascus, he said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? I think that Stephen had great favor on his life, and it allowed him to release the purpose of heaven in the earth through difficulty. And when we go to heaven and God hands out the rewards, I think when Paul's name comes up, the Lord says, hold on a minute. And he's going to take a man named Stephen that not very, not very many knew about. He said, come here, son. And he's going to say, your faith, the favor that I put on your life that had to go through difficult times, you produced this. And you get part of the reward for Paul's work because he was born out of you. And when Ananias had a visitation from the Lord, the Lord said this to Ananias. He said, you go lay hands on Paul and you tell him he's going to do great things, but also show him how much great suffering he must go through for my namesake. Paul wrote, probably two-thirds in the New Testament, we would all say he was favored of God. Favor has to do with your purpose. And that's why some of you are going through the things that you're going through. And then suddenly God just projects you, propels you into his presence. Uh, you know, I went through some times in my life that were very difficult, and I have found great uh, encouragement and great solace when I read about Job. 
I'm not sure that any man, at least in the scriptures, ever suffered like this man uh, within just a few hours' time. Um, his wife turned on him, said, curse God and die. All ten of his children died. He's hit with that, that all your kids are dead. He loses everything that he owns. His reputation comes under attack. And then most of all, his body is filled with worms and uh, boils, and he's in excruciating pain. And you know what? But it starts out, you know what God says about Job? He said, I like Job. He said, he is a perfect man. He fears me. He loves me. He's righteous, and he hates evil. And yet you look at what Job went through, and you think, how could somebody that has the favor of God on him go through that kind of stuff? You, you would think, man, this guy's cursed. No. God took Job through that season in his life. It didn't last that long. So that in the generations to come, when you and I went through the times and the valleys, the shadow of death that some of you are in, you could go back and read about Job. And when you go to the end of the book, it says, and God gave him double what he had lost. And Job said this, I used to hear about God, but he said, now my eyes have beheld him. Favor means that God is going to take you through seasons of suffering because in your suffering is when you produce your purpose. Think about Jesus. The Bible says he was our example. Um, and when his ministry started, the heavens opened. And the father said this, this is my boy. This is my son. He said, oh, he makes me happy. I am well pleased with him. And then when you read Isaiah 53, it says this. It says, it pleased the Father to bruise him. And yet the scripture says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and with favor with God and man. Now I want you to hear me. Just because you don't have favor with people doesn't mean that you don't have favor with God. Because we've all gone through these times. And why would someone like Jesus, whom the Father said, this is my only begotten Son, I'm so pleased with him. Why would it please the Father to bruise Jesus, which literally means to break him? How could God do that to somebody? Because it was the suffering that Christ went through to release the purpose that was on his life. So I want to uh, I, I want to challenge you to adjust your thinking. Perhaps don't think you're cursed. Don't think that other people have favor and, and I don't, because that's not how God works. And um, I I I really believe this that the only thing that brings the kind of favor that I'm talking about on our life is faith. And, uh, you know, after uh, 50 years of preaching, here I am not that far from 70 years old, and for the first time in my life I'm beginning to see 
um, the fruits of all those years. But I will tell you this, that going through all of those years, as many of you have, and not seeing the fruit of our labors. You know, I, I, for years I, I watched other ministries that weren't dedicated, weren't anointed, didn't pursue God, and, and you see how they just seemed to prosper, and you think, God, why, why do they have favor on them and we don't? But God will always take you through a process that regardless of whether you come out of the valley or not, you learn to be in a place where the presence of God and the relationship with Jesus is what fulfills you. It, it completes you. So then when you step into perhaps promotion or you step into advancement or you step into even blessings prosperity-wise, that those don't replace Christ. They just add to what already completes you. And if you lost them, it wouldn't make you lose out with Christ. Sometimes a sword's going to have to go through your heart. You look at Mary and you think, oh my God. Uh, she, she watched her firstborn son. She stood at the cross and she watched him be tortured to death. Uh, I can't imagine uh, what went through her heart she watched him bleed and they pulled the beard out and soldiers would walk up and spit in his face horrible stuff and curse him and mock him and um, just he's bleeding and uh, he's naked he's humiliated and uh, Mary had to stand there and watch that and that was what was happening the sword was going through her heart she had to be willing to let what was important to her die because unless Jesus died the thoughts of many the thoughts of many hearts would never be revealed you don't know how much damage you do to the kingdom of darkness in the seasons that you are suffering because we only see in the natural but God sees in the spirit and so as I end tonight, uh, I would just like to encourage you. Always seek favor before you seek blessing. Finances, houses, cars, all that stuff will eventually fade away. But man having that intimacy with Christ, is, it's irreplaceable. It's invaluable. And I look back now and I say, Lord, thank you that you have favored me with purpose. If you want to make a difference, you're going to have to be willing to go through your heart being pierced with a sword. But when it does, you release that ministry of Christ into the earth, and that's how we're going to change the world. So uh, I hope this has helped you tonight. Uh, I pray that it's been a blessing to you. And I wanted to take care of just one quick housekeeping uh, note. Uh, many of you are... Uh, reaching out to Regeneration Nashville Church, whether it's questions or comments, some of you send donations, whatever. And uh, we had the Fresh Fire Conference at the location of Cornerstone Church. And uh, they've been so gracious to us, but uh, they're getting calls that really need to be given to Regeneration Nashville. So we're going to put on the screen for you our address and our phone number and 
if you're reaching out to Regeneration Nashville, please do not call Cornerstone Church. Uh, we're loading them down, their staff, with things that are not uh, ap applicable to their vision and to their to their to their house. And so, reach out to Regeneration Nashville on the screen. Uh, if you want to talk to us or send something to us or phone calls, uh, call the number on the screen. And uh, not only will I be happy about that, but I guarantee you Cornerstone will be happy about it. So in the meantime, till I see you again, God bless you. Uh, I pray God would speak to your heart through this message and you be encouraged. Good evening. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.